Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is a Wednesday edition of Hardwood Handicappers. Only one episode this week. We have um, we have entered the off season officially, one hundred percent. You know, yes. we kind of got into the off season ish. Uh, we had a little bit of time between the draft and free agency, and then of course summer league happened, uh, and now we are back to like a slow time in the NBA. Nothing's really going on. It's really only it's really the first break of the year for us because me and you were literally it was finals. Yep vacation we were on we came right back from vacation it was basically summer league so yeah i feel like this is the first week where we're kind of like all right what do we do this offseason all right we got to figure out our offseason plan for the podcast but there is no rest because nba win totals were released last week over at DraftKings. so the episode today is going to go over all of the draft the win totals and uh, we'll mention every single one of them we'll expand on more mm-hmm. um you know a couple of them not every single one of them and uh it is still not a a quiet season though because of course Coming up next month is the FIBA World Cup, which we'll have an episode next week, kind of like taking an early look at it. There are some interesting news and notes and things to look at in the futures board when it comes to the FIBA World Cup. I'll just say it now for anybody listening. Check out Team Canada. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm pumped for that, man. I know you're. I know you're really pumped. But that's uh, it's always a good event when you get the national teams playing. And yeah, you can start scouting rosters now. Um, there's definitely there's still a lot of question marks. Uh, you know, when it comes to some of these rosters and who's going to be playing, who's not going to be playing, which could mean now is actually the time to get in on some bets. Mm. Uh, but I, th- those are things I think as you see some news come across, just like we talk about every 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 time during the regular season with NBA, information's king, right? And this is another event, just like a daily game would be. If we see some star players that aren't going to play for their national teams, you can jump on in. Yes. Um, I'm distracted as we're recording this. There's drama evolving online. We we don't have to spend a lot of time, but I will say uh, Draymond Green appeared on the Pat Bev pod over at Barstool yep. and uh, essentially told Pat Beverly that uh, Jordan Poole was asking for it. Like, hey, man, I don't punch people for no reason. <laughs> to which then led to Anthony Poole, Jordan Poole's father, uh, calling Draymond Green a beezy on Twitter and going at him there. To which just a couple of minutes ago, Draymond Green responded, um, essentially telling Anthony Poole, I will punch two of the Poole family members if I have to, uh, saying, stop using those words that usually don't go over well amongst men. So this is an incredible saga. I just, it, that's, what is, it's what, incredible. What is, I mean, like, <laughs> like this is definitely one of those where, where I believe both of these guys, Jordan, that being Jordan Poole, I don't know anything about Anthony Poole. But if you if you told me that Jordan Poole was a kid with a bit of an attitude who doesn't work very hard, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, I'd probably believe you. And maybe that's what led Draymond Green to uh, getting angry with him. If you also told me that Draymond Green was way over the top with everything he does in life, 
Uh, yeah, I've kind of seen that firsthand and would totally believe that as well. And that these two personalities might clash and end in an incident like that. Yes, yes, I would believe all that. And it happened. Um, the part that I would caution Draymond Green on a little bit is like, you know, at some point, like there are legal lines that we cross. Yeah. Like you did punch a guy on camera. People have been arrested for a whole lot less. Now that's his man, Sport Kelly Canada. I mean, <laughs> come on, what are you, a wimp? This ain't the, this ain't the '60s anymore. Like, also, at, at a certain point, someone like cops get involved. I mean, Draymond like p- p- painting himself as like this patient guy. He tells he tells Beverly at one point, like, you know, nothing just triggers me like that. Like, right. Okay, buddy. <laughs> okay, sure. In practice, yep. you just you just docked, uh, just absolutely knocked out one of your teammates. You don't see that very often in practice. Right. You know, when I think of uh, calm, cool, and collected, I think Draymond Green. Mm. That's what I think. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. So with that, let's get to the end of the win totals. We'll start the Eastern Conference because it is a, um, a more interesting conference from a win total standpoint. I know you got a little bit more action. All of the win totals you better in there so far? Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's start. We'll start at the top and we'll work our way around. We're going to work through these in groups that you guys don't know about. Uh, Eastern Conference win totals. Top six Celtics at 53 and a half. Bucks at 52 and a half. Cleveland Cavaliers are 49 and a half. The New York Knicks are at 43 and a half. The Atlanta Hawks are at 42 and a half. And the Chicago Bulls at 37 and a half. Let's start at the top of those top three Celtics, Bucks, and Cavaliers. For those who are wondering, you didn't hear the 76ers. That's because they're not on the board. Yep. Uh, of course, one of the teams that have a lot of or the trade. Miami yep, that's a good point. Yep. yep. Or the Miami Heat. Uh, of course, pieces potentially on the move for both of those teams that will affect the win totals. So Celtics, Bucks, Cavaliers, your top three of those three. Which stick out to you the most? Uh, Cavaliers. I know we're bo- I know we're both on this one, but uh, we're talking about a team that like the win total set under the amount of wins that they had last year, and they got better. And they got better. They got better, right? I think it's a, and it's it's not only that. It's not only adding Ma- Max Struess and some of the pieces that they added to this team, but you know when you look at what the core of this team is, as much as Donovan Mitchell might want to be a New York Nick at one point, he's on a team with a very talented young core of of players that you would think are only going to continue to get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like our, is Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, is he maybe at his, in his prime right now? Sure. Right. But the guys like Evan Mobley and stuff like that on the team, even Jared Allen, you're still talking about some younger guys uh, that, that are probably still growing with it within their game. So um, I, I, that's a team that, that, yeah, I, I was a little surprised to see that number as, as, as low as it is. And I, I think with some, there's, there rightfully so maybe some question marks with the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, 76ers, Miami heat, where I think the Cavaliers could have just as good of a season last year as they did last year, easily, if not significantly better. So I got distracted about Draymond again. I apologize. Yeah. You were really down the Twitter. Well, he fell, he fell for a butt crack sports thing. So that's the other thing too. So like that's, (laughs) so I agree with everything you're talking about. Uh, I think Cleveland is, if we're talking about the best over bet to make in this conference so far, I think it would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. I echo everything you're talking about. You know, I keep invoking the memory of Bruce Brown and, um, and Kentavious Caldwell Pope for Denver last year, mm-hmm. where people were not like <laughs> those guys. That's right. going to change everything for Denver, and it ultimately did. I do think George Niang and Max Struess can do that for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And look, I think the teams around them at the top have gotten a little bit worse. I think when you tie in a team like the Boston Celtics, whose win total is at 53 and a half, who I think whose depth got much worse with the departures in different fa- uh, fashions of Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, 
you look at that team and go, all right, well, now all of a sudden, a vast majority of your rotation is guys who have had a lot of injury issues in the past. At the top of that, Malcolm Brogdon and Kristaps Porzingis, Al Horford have been amongst them. Robert Williams has been amongst them. That's a team that could really suffer in terms of regular season record because those are guys just aren't regularly available throughout yeah. a regular season. So I, 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 I agree with that last point that you just said. Of a regular season record, and that's all we're talking right. about when we're talking about win totals, it would not surprise me at all if Boston takes a step back in that department. I do think I'm interested to see how this team comes together because I do think there is potential that this setup now, this team with Porzingis in there, could be better and have a longer playoff run. And I guess longer for a playoff run for the Celtics just means actually winning the damn thing. But I, I think they could. I, I, do, I do think the way they've now separated, that you know, putting him alongside what you already have in Tatum and Brown, I think it adds another dimension to this team, both offensively and defensively, um, that could help help propel them in the playoffs and possibly do a championship. Regular season-wise, though, completely agree with you. I think some of the depth's going to be an issue. By the way, we're totally having a win total draft as we get closer to the I like end. it. We're going to pick every every team. Okay. okay. We're going to go back and Just forth. Whoever has but, the best record at the end of the year? Yeah, but the, 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 the trick is, is that like if you take Rockets over, for example, yep. I cannot go Rockets under. The Rockets gotcha. are off the board. Okay, gotcha. So we'll just I like it. be ready for that as we're going over these per- initial thoughts. I like it. So I think of these top win totals that we've discussed, again, Celtics, Bucks, Cavaliers, Knicks, Hawks, Bulls. I also, real quick, JVT, I also, as we're, you're talking about that draft, I think it's a, as we're diving into a bunch of win totals right now, I think it is really important to make it clear of, hey, look, these just hit the market. There's some that we have bet or and we would recommend betting right now. There's also some that... I, I might have a lean on, and we'll discuss that here, right? But, like, I have no interest in betting right now because of whatever might be the state of the team, the right. state of the league, when it comes to Dame trades, potential trades, and all that kind of stuff. So, Celtics under, I think, is a very, very good bet. In fact, the the two highest, we're going to get to the Western Conference, the two highest win totals in the respective conference, both for me, are under plays, mm-hmm. Nuggets and Celtics, uh, for different reasons. But the Celtics, for sure, under 53.5, over the Cavaliers on 49.5. Bucks right where right where you can make it would very much lean under only because like I get you ran it back I get you retain Chris Middleton and it's about making Giannis happy and Giannis has been pretty quiet this offseason and content with way, the way this team is going because they're running back a core that he really believes in and we could talk about the loss to the Miami Heat he was hurt for a good chunk of it but whatever they're running it back yeah. we'll see how that works that's a team that could rip off what they win last year 58 games whatever it is they could do it again so I, I wouldn't be entirely yeah, shocked 58. yeah if that happens again. For Milwaukee, is, is that a so complete no interest? Completely no it? interest me, me whatsoever. I, I'm the same way. I'm, because I, I, the only thing I'll say is I had higher expectations for them last year yeah. than I will this year. And th- that is a team that, as you saw, we, we just said they could crush 52 and a half and get up near 60. That is also a team I could foresee with Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Drew because they're getting up there, missing some time along with Brooke, Brooke Lopez, and then you know just needing to yeah finish in the top four essentially. Yeah, so right, too wide an outcome. Didn't really have a good read on it. Of the other six teams that we're talking about here, Knicks, Hawks, Bulls, thoughts on two of them. The first of which is the Bulls are an underplay, and they're an alternate underplay, I think, when these others, when these options come out. There's a really good chance that DeMar DeRozan is being sold here, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, I, it's this one's difficult. So I have made three total bets so far. Bulls is one of them. It is the smallest bet I've made though so far, but it's one that definitely I could potentially add on to. I think the only part that I'm confused about is I I just think that if you looked around in the Eastern conference and you're not 
If you're not the Miami Heat who think they're adding Damian Lillard, if you're not them, the Cavaliers, the Bucks, the Celtics, and I guess we'll throw the Hawks in that mix too, you got to be thinking, hey, do we have enough to really contend right now or do we need to blow this thing up and start over? And Chicago's right. nearing that point to me. The only thing that's confusing is is the Nikola Vucevic uh, resigning to, for a three oh, year for deal. Me, for me, that's I, like when I saw that. That was we shipped off assets for this guy. We can't just let him. We go. Can't, we have to. Yep. We have to. So okay. So maybe that's that right there. Um, but I think it's important to note that Zach Levine has been floated in different trade, uh, you know, trade reports since the trade deadline. Um, He's seemingly still being floated around this summer. We have no idea. I would expect DeMar DeRozan to start the season with the Bulls, but man, if they you know, if, if things aren't going well, absolutely. I think he's going to be most, one of the most sought after uh, players for someone to go grab around the trade deadline. So it's an underplay for me. Again, the small, the smallest of the three bets that I've made so far and, and by a fair margin. Um, but I, uh, that's what I could definitely be adding on to here very quick. But if the Zach Levine stuff picks up anymore, because that's, I think, where you're really going to know, well, okay, what are the Bulls doing here? Mm-hmm. I, I would completely agree with everything that we're talking about. And, like, Chicago, look, if you're looking at them from, like, our, like what they're going to be next year, like, that's the other thing is they got better, I guess, defensively. Like, they're going to be pretty good again. Javon Carter's really good. Alex Cruz was there. You know, they, they tried to add some pieces overall. But I think when you're looking at their offense, like this is a team last year, Kelly, offensively was insanely disjointed with what they were putting out there on the floor, despite the personnel that they had. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic should give you a really strong offensive core. Instead, they were 24th in offensive rating at 113.8. They were a top five defense in non-garbage time, which was kind of surprising. I I just think that when you're looking at this, this is going to be another middling team, and maybe they're happy with it. But that expiring deal of DeMar DeRozan is going to cause, I think, a lot where you're looking around and going, Man, we could ship him out. He, he could walk, and we can get nothing. Again, it's a minor version of Shohei Otani, but this one is, I think, a little bit more realistic. When you're like, we have to ship him off for something that could fetch something. He, I don't want to say he revitalized his career in Chicago, but he definitely showed that he's still worth something for teams totally. on the fringes competing around trade deadline. Yeah, time. and I'm not trying to hate on him here with what I'm about to say, but there is something to I think where you saw some of that success really early, you know, early on with him him coming right over to the Bulls and them being great right away in that first year. There's also just the, the 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 trends of the NBA, right? For for the past decade, we've seen, and this is really a lot of Steph Curry, right? But we've seen way more threes. Not only have we seen more threes, but we've seen more threes from distance that we haven't seen ever before in the NBA. And what does that do? So it stretches out your defense over a period of a decade. You're continuously every year playing further and further and further away from the basket. We always know at the rim is going to be important. So you people usually have rim protectors. It kind of revitalized DeMar DeRozan's career just because the way the NBA was, right? Where the mid-range is now back wide open. We mm-hmm. saw DeRozan taking advantage of it. And we've seen, I, I, you know, I, I think Devin Booker would be great regardless. But, you know, guys like Booker, guys like Durant, right? Like, they will live in this range if you give it to them because they can make those shots. Um, so I think there's been, you know, defensively defensive changes in the NBA that have helped that out too. Uh, but yeah, he's he's still going to be sought after by a contender once we get to that point for sure. Yeah, I um I'm really surprised by what they're doing overall, but I guess some teams are just fine with selling tickets and kind of just getting in the mix. Yeah, you know what I mean. So real quick, Knicks and Hawks. You have any? I, I don't know about you. Win total wise, I don't think I have any interest in either. It'd be obviously it would be a Hawks lean over for me, obviously. But until we get the whole solution to a Dame 
trade, I don't know that I'll be jumping anything. So in that's where I was going to go next with Atlanta, only because next I don't have anything. Um, Me, Hawks. Nor would I, I recommend anything. New York's been too hard to figure out the past few years. Yes. I mean, they, they could go any one yeah. of directions this year. For the Hawks, I very much lean to the over. To your point, if Damian Lillard is traded to Miami, there's a good shot that either the juice gets altered here. They're 42 and a half over minus 125. Pretty good shot that maybe that juice flips. I don't know. I don't think it's worth a win if yeah. Miami gets him, Damian Lillard, but it might affect their odds overall. So just sit back and wait. If I can get like an even money on Atlanta over their win total, I think that's the case. I'm kind of... I'm kind of in Atlanta. Like, I, I'm kind of ready to go again one more time. Like, they were over 3-1 to one last year to win that division before the season began. If you go back and look at the games uh, post-Quinn Snyder takeover, that offense looked so much better. They were getting out in transition and running more. They're going to have a full offseason with Quinn. For those who don't know, from the day that he took over to the end of the regular season, they were the fourth-best offense in non-garbage time, averaging over 120 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time. I think there is something legitimate here. That could work. DeJounte Murray signed an extension, so I don't think there's really any drama to worry about here. There was the thought that maybe there's like some off-court stuff, like in terms of relationships. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be the case. I, I think Atlanta is going to be a play on the over because I do think Quinn Snyder's a really good coach, and I think he's going to be able to get a lot out of that talent. But I want to wait to see what's going to happen with Miami. But I, I think I'll have an overplay on Atlanta for the uh, the win total. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that I'm going to end up that there might be instead of a win total play, what I'm going to do is end up playing them in the in the division. And wait, wait for like, and I'm kind of assuming Dame goes to Miami. They should be over two to one. If Dame goes to Miami, they should be even if it's only like two ten, two fifteen. They should be over two to one because right now they're what plus one eighty, plus one ninety, plus yeah, ninety. Yeah, yeah. so they're going to reach over two to one. Yeah, so I would think that I would think I was thinking plus two twenty, plus two thirty, even is where we'd maybe see that shift to. If that's where it is, I'm probably jumping in on the, in that market instead of a win total. All right, so really quick, yep. the the Eastern Conference here, the bottom six win totals that we have. Um, then this is part of the reason also we should note for teams like Chicago why I think it's worth playing under because not only could they be sell candidates, the bottom of the East is rising up to meet the middle of Correct. the Eastern Conference. So the Raptors are at 37 and a half, not the team we're talking about. Um, the Magic are at 35 and a half, as are the Pacers. The Hornets are at 31 and a half, which seemed kind of high for me given the Charlotte Hornets and the Eastern Conference around them. We can get to that. Pistons, 27 and a half. Wizards, 24 and a half. Focusing really quickly on that thought that the East is rising. The top two candidates for that are the Indiana Pacers and the Orlando Magic. Mm -hmm. I think the Pacers, uh, both Indiana and Orlando, have two teams that should, uh, on paper, find themselves in play-in contention. Now, whether that means actually getting over their win totals is another question. I think Orlando is probably the better candidate to go over 35 and a half than Indiana, but both I think are solidly there and rightfully shaded to the over. But teams like Indiana and Orlando are also reasons why I have teams like Chicago and Toronto, which we'll get to momentarily, down mm -hmm. because I think they are rising to meet. And from a power rating perspective at this point, you can make the argument that at the very least Orlando is power rated identically to a team like Chicago and could find their way and, and ruin some things for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I'm not quite as high on the Pacers as you, but but agree that if they're if, if hey if where they're at, what direction are they moving one way or the other? Yes, I think they're probably on the right path. Not quite as high on them. Magic. I don't know if I'll end up with a bet. I think much like the Oklahoma City Thunder, we're going to get to them uh, here in a bit. But like much like the Thunder, I was hoping this number was going to be a bit lower and I could jump in on the over. Uh, so at 35 and a half, I think it's going to end up being a pass for me. And look, this this thing is it's 35 and a half. Uh, the number I'm looking at is even a couple days ago. That was 35 and a half minus 140 at the time. So uh, that that's one where you're, you're paying the juice. Same number still at DraftKings, 35 and a half minus 140 to the over. Um, I just don't, if we either I'm talking pay minus 140 on 35 and a half, or I'm sure I can find a 36 and a half out there. 
I I agree with you. I think they should be right in that mix, but I'm also not going to exaggerate my expectations for the Magic. Right? I don't think they're going to be really a top five team in the Eastern Conference. And I think you got to be a little bit careful with that stuff. Yep. Uh, all right. With that, the Raptors are a candidate to go under as well. Uh, again, a, a team that I just don't really understand what's happening with their yeah. direction. Yeah. Pascal Siakam's on an expiring deal. OG Ananobi has a player option for next season, which is worth less than $20 million. OG Ananobi is worth more than $20 million in today's NBA. So he is going to find more money there. I would think it's almost assured that he's going to decline that player option. So you can consider him on an expiring as well. There's a reality that the Toronto Raptors face in which this season ends. They don't trade either one of them and they lose in the course of a calendar year. Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam for nothing, which I don't think they want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a reality again where you're like, look, we have Scotty Barnes. We re-signed Gary Trent. Let's just retool this thing. Let's get draft assets. Let's start the rebuild now around Scotty Barnes. And that would lead to going well under a win total of 37 and a half. Yeah. And that, that's, I know we're both on it. I completely agree with you there. It's uh, I, yeah, I think you're going to take, you know, Pirtle Barnes um, and what? Grady Dick and Gary Trent Jr. and basically build around that younger core yeah. with Connie Scotty Barnes. At, don't forget Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how long he's going to last in Toronto either. But uh, but yes, I think that's what we're going to start to see here with Toronto. Um, and 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 you know, JVT, I think we got a little bit of signal of this with with even the Nick Nurse, you know, with him leaving and that breakup oh, yeah. in Toronto. I think even that was a sign of it. Of hey, it's it's time to kind of overhaul what we're doing here. Uh, cause I don't think that there's many other teams that would have fought, you know, would have gotten rid of Nick nurse. If you were really trying to, you know, really thinking you were going to be in contention. Yep. All right. The rest of the Eastern conference really quickly before we get to the West, any thoughts on Detroit, a team that was my guilty pleasure last year, yep. but I got actually got great, got great closing line value on the win total. I beat it by three wins, but ultimately stayed under. Do you have anything on Detroit? Because health is what killed them last year, and then of course they decided to just get ready for next season, which is now coming up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, real quick on the Wizards, I got absolutely nothing. I think they're going to be a fun league pass, league pass team with. Uh, I think Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole are going to get up a lot of shots. They could have some uh, very entertaining nights uh, offensively, but yeah, that win total, I'm not messing around with. Hornets, Pistons. Still, I think it still goes back to your point of where we're at with the East. I would still, if I, I'm not going to have bets on either, but if anything, I would, I would be leaning over on both of them. I think that like, I mean, Bridges is going to be coming back to the Hornets. If they can stay healthy, I do think there's actually some hope for what that team could possibly achieve this year. Like, I think they could, uh, uh, could get above that win total. Look, Detroit is, what are we talking about with Detroit? They got a lot of talented young pieces that I'm very interested in. It's just I think it's a lot to expect too much out of them this year, but you know, two years from now, I wouldn't be surprised if all the, at all, if this team's kind of in playoff contention. So yep. I won't be shocked if they go over this win total of 27 and a half. That's a low, a damn low win total. All right, let's take our break. Western conference on the other side. We'll talk about uh, what we see there at the top. I think there is some value, but for the most part, a lot of moving pieces in a conference that I think there's a lot of unknowns. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Kelly, top of the Western Conference, 54 and a half. The Denver Nuggets shaded to the over minus 120. The rest of them, the Suns at 51 and a half. The Warriors at 49 and a half. And then you round out some of these, uh, we'll call them top tier teams. Lakers, 48 and a half. And then there's a gap. Grizzlies, Mavericks at 45 and a half each. Let's start at the top really quickly. I'll just say this. I think the Nuggets are going to be good. I think they're perfectly fine in terms of uh, competing and repeating as a champion. The, the, The issue is the depth. When you look at a team that doesn't have Bruce Brown, Jeff Green anymore, is going to rely on their young guys on this bench. And talking to people from Denver that cover the team, Matt Moore got to talk to him at Summer League, said the same thing. There's going to be a good chunk of this regular season about like cutting the teeth of these young guys. And that means, I think, again, suffering from a win total standpoint. Are they going to be very good by the time we get to the postseason? I say absolutely. I think they have the best starting five in the NBA. But when you're talking about the depth overall and that cutting into your wins – under 54 and a half for Denver. I think the other one to just add on to that, it, I don't think it's a bet I'm going to be making, but it would definitely be it would definitely be a lean to the – it would be under a pass for me. I Like we brought up with Cleveland, okay, 54 and a half. That's one and a half more wins than what you had a year ago, and you lost. I think it's really right. hard to make the argument that this roster got better. So uh, it's really the complete inverse of what we talked about with Cleveland. So I'm with you. It would be under a pass there for me. Uh, Golden State Warriors are an interesting team. Under a pass. Yeah, you know, because like, that's the thing. It's I, I don't know what this Chris Paul dynamic is going to be like. Yep. Uh, I would assume he's running the bench unit because you're not – again, we've talked about this. Like, you're not knocking Kevon Looney out of a starting lineup yeah, to start Chris Paul so. with, with Steph and Clay because that's an insanely small lineup that doesn't have a ton of defensive upside. I guess it's, it's going to be fine, but, like, I just don't really love that overall. I think he's got to be part of the bench. I know he's been resistant to that. And I just don't know, like, again, like, what was that weird road thing that we saw last year? The youth pieces on this bench, like, outside of Chris Paul coming off the bench, which I don't really love, still the bench does not impress me for Golden State. I I think you're looking at under for the Warriors here. 
Yeah, I agree. I under I'll throw Lakers and Warriors in the same in the same breath. That I I just think both these teams are attack, are going to attack the season anyways. Like, hey, the regular season doesn't really matter. We just need to make sure we're damn healthy for the playoffs. I would argue. I think I'd push back on that for the Lakers. Okay, I think the Lakers saw the road they had to go through last year. And, you know, going through the play-in, having to win the first road game of what the first two uh, playoff series that they were in, whatever it was. Like, I think the Lakers are going to try their best to win as many games as possible. However, a little bit more along the lines of a negative for the Lakers, while they won the offseason, as many people say, I think that covers up a lot of the real flaws with this roster that are still very much there. Like what? Gabe Vincent's a career 33% shooter. Mm -hmm. Rui Hachimura is a career 34% three-point shooter. There is a reality in which those guys are exactly what some of their numbers say they are, and you're still looking around and going, all right, well, our spacing kind of stinks. And we don't really have anything and teams are just going to crowd the paint and make sure that our shooters don't kill us or, you know, or, or say your shooters can kill us. If you want, we're just going to make sure that you guys don't have this here. Center position. Isn't like replete with depth anymore, right? They got Jackson Hayes, but still, I think you have questions about who's playing behind them, which is why there's rumors that they're sniffing around guys like Chris Wood and Bismack Biombo. Why the hell is that taking so long, by the way? I think you're just, you know, I mean, there's no suitors for them. So why not? You're not rushing to do it before camp. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I, think I think that Christian there's Wood's a valuable piece. I think that there are, while they did as well as they could, there are more flaws with this team that are masked by a good offseason. Yeah, I think that the so I, I expect Hachimura. I think you could be completely right with Gabe Vincent. I think what we saw out of him in the playoffs was awesome. He could absolutely be, maybe be that guy going forward, or he could be what his shooting percentages really have been. I think what we saw out of Hachimura last year, I don't think is any fluke. I think I think he is a guy that we've seen with others. Is is going to take a step? It took a step forward immediately, just playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and I don't really expect that uh, to decline. Should, as far as what his three point percentages, sure, that might decline a little bit from what he did last year. But I saw what I saw on the court was a player of all, at all levels continue to develop and get better. So I think there's that. Think there's like, you know, D'Angelo Russell could also have a better season than what he did a year ago. I mean, right? talking with Jovan Buha, that sounds like Russell could be a trade candidate at the deadline. Okay, so that's going to be something. But still, I mean, you're yeah. trading him to get better. So yep. you would think, but Lakers are a team. I didn't really have a read on the only win total of the top was under on the nuggets. I am. I, I, I'm not high enough on the Mavericks to make a, or declare a win total bet yet, but I will say just that I generally like what the Mavericks have done. And I do think that there is a chance that they're better than we might expect this coming season. And also Grizzlies, you kind of leaned over that one too, right? Yeah, I have. I want to look more at this. That was okay. like my first blush look at it. Yeah. And the more I kind of think more about it and without John Morant for 25 games, the more I think instead of a win total, it might be, you know, near the end of John Moran's suspension, see where they're at and maybe buy a low on them to win an NBA finals. I think they're, I think them and the Pelicans for me are both teams that I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be staying far away. I think I'm going to stay away from the win totals on just because the range of outcomes I think is wide ranging for both of those teams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the bottom of the Western conference Kings at 43 and a half, as are the Timberwolves and thunder jazz at 35 and a half rocket spurs rounded out of 31 and a half and 30 and a half. I don't really have any reads on all of these. I think the thunder were a little bit higher than you and I expected them to be yeah. coming into the year for 43 and a half. I was expecting a uh, high thirties, low 40, like, you know, 40 and a half, maybe uh, in that regard for the Oklahoma city thunder. And as I have told you before, the, the guilty pleasure for me, the Rockets did get better. Yeah. And no, like did, the, yeah. the roster's not terrible. The young core is there. I don't know if I'm jumping to bet over 31 and a half yet, but I'll tell you this. It's over or pass for the Rockets for me when it comes to a win total. It would be that for them and the Kings. I think I'm over or pass for the for both the Rockets and the Kings. I think the one thing to keep in mind with the Western Conference this year is 
I still don't think we have that clear. You know, I think that the top is still a little muddied of what we're going to see at the very top of the West. But they're it, almost the entire conference. I mean, really outside of the Spurs and Rockets, I guess. But even we're sitting here talking about the Rockets being a little bit better. Everywhere's everybody just seems kind of met in between. Yep. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know that the West is one I'll be attacking as heavily with, uh, in win totals. Yep, I would agree with that. All right, it's a quick look at the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference win totals. We'll have more details on this, but at the very least, you get a look at the win totals that are up. Uh, so bets you've made so far? Uh, bets I've made so far under on the Denver Nuggets at 54 and a half and under on the Toronto Raptors at 37 and a half. Okay, and I'm under Raptors, under Bulls, and over Cats. Yep. All right, we'll take, uh, we'll take a, uh, a brief leave of absence. Since they will have another episode next week when we talk about the FIBA World Cup as we'll look at those rosters. Uh, I think there's some really intriguing rosters and situations going on there. But FIBA World Cup's not to the end of August, and then we'll figure out what our off-season schedule is going to be like here on Hardwood Handicappers. But until then, look out for that next week. Like, rate, and review, subscribe, and we'll talk to you then here on Hardwood Handicappers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.